It's time to handle your business with Sis Start Your Business, a podcast teaching you how to start your business, how to handle your business, all with God's guidance. Hi, guys. In this episode, I am going to be introducing you to Rosena Pierce. She is a lawyer. She helps businesses trademark their business name. She's going to be teaching you so much in this episode that so many of my clients need answers to. So let's bring in Rosena Pierce. Hi, my name is Rosina Pierce. I am a trademark attorney, um, also attorney at law. Um, I own my own law practice, um, RJ Pierce Law Group. So not only am I a wife, a mom, um, a lawyer, but I'm also an entrepreneur, CEO myself. And this May 2020, we are celebrating our seven-year anniversary of having the firm open. Oh, that is so exciting. What made you get into like law? Was it like a childhood dream of yours? I want to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, so actually it was a childhood dream. Um, Ever since I was five years old, I knew I wanted to be a trademark attorney. Not a trademark attorney, I'm sorry, an attorney. Um, um, I always used to say, when I grow up, I'm going to be a lawyer. And my father actually worked at a law firm. um, And, you know, my mom works for the state of Illinois. And so, you know, some days the kids will be out of school, but the state jobs still have to go to work. And so my father would sometimes take me to work with him. And, you know, I was exposed to law offices really early. Um, I even went to court with him before I remember. And I just remember saying to myself, I don't know what these people are doing, but they look really important. And whatever they're doing, I want to do it too. And so ever since then, since I was five, I've been saying like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a lawyer. That is so awesome. And that's the great thing because you're doing that right now. So how great is that to like grow up and say, this is what I want to be. And then like, if your five-year-old child was to look at you right now and just say, wow, look at me, look at all the great things I'm doing. Yeah, I I just feel like, um, actually, you know, after going to law school and becoming a lawyer and running my law practice, you know, I I don't regret a moment of it. And I actually just feel like I was born to do this. Like, I, and when people ask me, if you was not a lawyer, what else would you be? It's so funny, because I always say I would be like a counselor. I'll, you know, help Mm -hmm. people solve their problems and things like that, which is crazy, because that's still a part of Lauren and that's why they call us counselors so um yeah I wouldn't have had it no other way um I'm I'm happy I'm happy that this is um you know I I usually say you know it's not even my plan this was God's plan Mm because you know like I just and I you know I follow his direction and so I'm just living out the purpose that he had for me in my life Mm -hmm. and I'm happy about it I love that. That is so great. You said this is your seven-year anniversary, right? And we're going to dive into what everyone, what you guys are wanting to learn, of course, in this podcast about trademark and securing your brand, like you say. Uh, But for your seven-year, when you first started this business, how was that journey for you? Yeah, so actually... um... So I always knew I wanted to be a lawyer, but I didn't always know I was going to be an entrepreneur, right? Um, I thought um, 
through law school, like really early on in law school, really even to like, um, I'll tell you the story. So I thought I was going to go work for a big law firm because in my mind, I studied intellectual property all the way in undergrad because my major was paralegal studies even there because I knew for sure I wanted to be a lawyer. And I knew I wanted to do business law. And I used to say international business law. Not even knowing really what that meant mm-hmm. and what that entailed. Um, but then I got introduced into intellectual property when I was studying for my bachelor's degree um, through my paralegal studies program. And once I was introduced, I was just like hooked. I was like, okay, I want to do this intellectual property stuff. Not more so the patent stuff, but I wanted to do like the trademark and copyrights. In the law, we call it soft IP. Hard, um, the hard IP is like the patent stuff. But so what happened, because I've been working and going to school, since I can remember working and going to school, um, when I was in law school, um, I'm a mother and my son is 18, um, my daughter is 14, and I have a seven-year-old. And so, you know, if you can count backwards, those two older ones was present during my time of law school. When I entered law school, I had two kids. Um, and in my last semester of law school, which I ended school, I started in the um, in the winter um, semester, which means like my class started January. I actually started law school the day. Barack Obama was inaugurated to be the president, January 20th, um, 2009. And so what that means is that you finish um, in December and you take, you know, you finish in December, your finals is done, and then we graduate in January. Mm. And if I can remember, we graduated January 20th, 2013. I believe it was the 20th. But I have to double check, but we graduated January 2013. So what happened was um, my last child came my last semester of law school. Mm. So she was born um, a day after me, September 11th, and everybody was like you pregnant you can have this baby you're in the last school you know last semester law school what are you gonna do are you gonna put it off or what are you gonna do I was like no I'm gonna wrap this up (laughs) the devil is a lie (laughs) and I'm gonna finish this on out (laughs) and so um I had her September 11th by way of c-section and I was back in class September 18th um because I was just determined to get it done and over with um although I, I my law school journey was pretty you know it wasn't daunting or anything like that but I was just like this is I have to stay on this timeline and get it done and so I had her and then the day after Christmas which is in 2012 we started studying for the bar exam so by that time she's like three months old mm-hmm. um and so, you know, we're studying for the bar exams. So my, meanwhile, I still have these two older kids, too. And um, we took the bar exam February 2013. And what happens is you take the bar exam the end of February. And then after you take the bar exam, um, you have you have an actual whole month that you have to just sit and wait to see if you actually passed or not and so what happens is um I had to just sit with myself and not know you know Mm -hmm. if I surpassed if I failed or anything but what it did was it was the time that I was allowed to 
sit with myself and kind of, you know, be still. I feel like God set me down mm-hmm. at that point. It's like, you've been going, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. since kindergarten, right? <laughs> with school and work. I've been working and going to school since I was 14 years old. And what I realized was um, I was really missing out on motherhood, like raising my kids, like mm. being present as a mother because I was working full time, going to school. So I would see them early in the morning, get them off to school. I'm at work by nine and then I would go to class from six to nine at night. And the evening time was pretty much like my journey. So this was the very first time that I just got to be at home and do nothing. Mm. Like, because you don't get your results for like at least another month. So with that, I realized like, wow. I've been missing out on my kids and just watching them grow up. And I was like, I love being at home when they come home from school. Mm -hmm. I love that. And so um, April 1st, April Fool's Day 2013, I found out I passed the bar. I thought somebody was playing a joke on me. I was like, oh, my God, for real? And I told my husband, I was like, read it, read it again. See, like, is it really from the the state of Illinois? Like, I was like so excited and once I learned I passed the bar exam so the state of Illinois make you take these professional responsibility lessons and courses before you're sworn in to get your actual license Mm -hmm. after passing the bar and so this is why I know it was nothing but God, right? Because the course, so we had to go back to school to take these courses so that we can be certified to be sworn in and get our license and the course was actually taught by a professor at my school who actually taught lawyers how to start their own law firm. Mm. And I was like, and so during a break or something, I was telling him, I was like, you know, I'm so conflicted because I really want to work for a big firm, but I'm a mom. And I realized mm. I really like being at home when my kids come home from school. And I was like, look, I didn't go to law school, get all this student debt not to be a lawyer. <laughs> But I have to find this common balance. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do intellectual property law. And he said, well, you'll go a long way serving the underserved. And I said, huh? He said, you'll go a long way serving the underserved. I said, look, I don't want to do criminal law. I don't want to do, you know. He was like, no, just just listen. He said, who in the practice area that you want to practice in is underserved? And I said, Hmm, small business owners? And he said, yes, you should open up your own law practice and serve small business owners and still do what you want to do. And from that moment on, like a light bulb just popped on in my head. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, you want me to do this? And I was like, okay. I'm going to try to do this, but I don't know because, you know, I, you know, I wanted to work for somebody. And then I read this book. See, it's like God, he's just, you know, he, he, he know how to put everything in divine order. He sure does. Because even though like the professor told me, okay, you can start your, my mind still wasn't ready to accept Mm -hmm. that. And then I got introduced to this book and it was called The Fast Lane Millionaire. I don't even know how, I think I was Googling and it just came up and I just ordered it off Amazon. I didn't know anything about the author or anything. Mm -hmm. And his name is MJ DeMarco. And I read that book and he, he, first, what I loved about it was he was from Chicago, like me. Um, but he, um, so he was the founder of limos.com. And 
So the book really isn't like about, you know, being, but it's really about mindset and how you have to change your mindset. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be out in business, like, and then he talks about how society, our society is really conditioned us um, to have the adopt an employee mindset. Now this is a white man, like, you know, and, and he, he like breaks it down and he's like, no, but you basically what, what he said that hit me so hard was like, look, you can make a decision to go work for somebody else for 30 years of your life, retire and still not be able to take care of yourself. Or you can make the decision for work to work for yourself for a good seven to 10 years, acquire wealth, and then you can retire and live the life you want to live. And I was like, you know what? He's speaking to me right now. And so from there on, I had the mindset like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. And then I began to even, you know, teach other people like why, you know, their business was so important, why, you know, it was so important not Mm -hmm. only for them, but for their families with generational curses. And I know I didn't give you a long-winded answer, (laughs) but this is really like my journey to how I found entrepreneurship. So, and, you know, that (laughs) long-winded answer, um, that is how I found it, mm-hmm. And it's not even a long-winded answer. It's like, it's the perfect answer because you're telling people, it's like there's a metaphor behind it in a way. There's it's mm-hmm. not even in a way, there is a metaphor behind your story because it's a reminder to let us know that God, like my favorite verse in the Bible, walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes we can't see, not sometimes, all the time, we can't see what God has in front of us. So that's why it's so important for us to just walk by faith because he'll always put those things in our path to help guide us to where he wants us to be. Exactly what he did with you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And he has been showing up and like I had a moment Sunday just recently where I just had to like go and be with myself. I was talking to my team and we were texting and I just was like, oh my God, you have been amazing. And I'm just like, I started preaching through the text messages and I had to tell them, I was like, he is just so awesome. He's so great. I'm so humbly grateful. And I was just like, you know what, y'all, I got to go pray. I'll be back. And I just (laughs) had to go spend some time with him to let him know, like, you know, like you said, like, I, like, Though I can't see you, I see you. And I hear you more clearly now than ever. And, you know, I I just feel like, you know, I'm just... Whatever you tell me to do, I'm gonna be obedient to it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, some be, some people say something said to do this. Well, my something is God, and He mm-hmm. tells me, He guides me, and and I feel like I just have to keep being obedient. And He, it's like an overflow. And I yes, I just yes. like I even cried because I was just like, oh my God, like I'm so happy to have this favor from you, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's sometimes what we have to do too as entrepreneurs, especially. As believers, we have to just sometimes just give him the time, even out of the blue, because it's just like it hit me. I was like, oh, my I'm I'm just so happy to be so blessed yes. and to know you and to be able to hear you. Yes, yes. And that's why he continues to not only bless you, but to bless mm-hmm. your business, because, yeah. you know, you're just following in the way that he wants you 
to go into. So um, that's why I'm so excited to have you on this podcast, just because it's, you know, this podcast is for people to always remember to keep God in mind, no matter what decision you make and no matter what decision you make and to just continue and to always walk by faith, no matter what you see good or bad in your direction. Yes. Yes. And I can tell you in light of this pandemic, like the pandemic kind of happened around, you know, where everybody, where we had to like stay inside. Um, I remember I was supposed to go to Orlando the weekend of March 13th. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going. I don't want to take that risk because, you know, I don't want to fly somewhere and can't get back to my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, in the midst of this. But I, you know, then my team, you know, we were like, you know, what does this mean for us? And I had like a moment where I was like, you know, what is this going to do for the business? But then I went, you know, and I said, you know, God, I trust you. Mm -hmm. And I know you are powerful. So like you can do all things that man can't do. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to continue to show up to my work every day and continue to push my business. In March of 2020, we had the best month we ever had in the history of our law firm. And then in April, we doubled that. (laughs) So, you know, so it's just like, you know, I, you know. Despite what's going on, I'm very compassionate um, for others that are negatively affected by this um, pandemic. You know, my heart is with them. We were very sympathetic, even in our emails to our clients and things like that. But we had to be inspiring and motivating because we know God he is who he is and it's just like he is the miracle worker he is and 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 we just had such a you know amazing two months since you know since all of this has happened and I know it's nothing but God Mm -hmm. and that's what kind of led to like the text messaging that I was going through this Sunday and me like just giving him time and crying and praising him and thanking him because I was just like I know this is nobody nothing but you you know so it was it's you know it's been an amazing situation and we just you know and we try to give back when we could and he tells me it's time to take care of this person or do this for that person or you know put this out there and we do we be obedient and I just I just want to serve his purpose yes one thing I'm really excited about to learn in this podcast is about trademark how to secure your brand so can you tell us a little bit more about that sure absolutely so um we actually own the trademark secure the brand because at the time everybody was talking about secure the bag secure the bag and I was like yeah that's nice that's cute but I didn't seen a lot of people lose the bag because they didn't secure the brand first and so that's just our initiative to raise awareness for entrepreneurs to know and you know with ownership comes power okay and so you want to make sure I always ask people will you build a house on land you don't own and most people are well everybody was like no I'm gonna make sure you know I cleared the land I got the deed to the you know the title to the land and things like that first and it's the same thing you want to make sure that you're not building a brand on something that you do not own so you want to make sure that you are securing that brand so when you build it up you can build it up with the um you know with the with the um 
the, the stress-free of it all, knowing, okay, this is something I own. So someone can't tell me to, you know, cease and desist from using this brand because I'm infringing on their trademarks or any, you know, or infringing on their rights, because that can happen. Or I, you know, won't have to turn over my marketing material or my packaging, my products, because it bears someone else's name that infringes on it. Because the law gives the owner the the favor right um the the owner has legal recourse so if you are infringing on someone's brand they can demand that you destroy your packaging mm-hmm. or destroy your marketing or turn it over to them so they can destroy destroy it and so you don't want you want to make sure that you know there's some research done um you want to first pick a good name pick a great name the best type of name to pick as it relates to your business is one that has absolutely nothing to do with your business right because then it gives um it doesn't give your competitors a reason to be able to need to use that name within their business and that's the best type but even if you wanted to use a name that kind relates to the business you just want to make sure nobody else is using it and um that no one else needs to use it the more distinctive the name is the more easier it's going to be to register that name and then also to enforce that enforce your trademark rights against anyone infringing upon your name Got it, got it. And that, yeah. And, you know, I have a question, too, about that, too. So I recently sent a client your way. I don't know if she told you, but um, uh, her what was her business name? It was something with Doctor. Um, do you okay. remember talking to her? Did she, maybe she talked to someone with on your team? She probably talked to someone on my team. So how it works is um, because we have so much going on, we have a team member who would do like a discovery call or onboarding call for people who pay, you know, beforehand. And then once that's done, my other team member would take over, do the research, um, prepare the letter, and then it'll come to me. And then I will do my own independent research um, and then make sure we have the letter, the opinion letter because we send all of our clients an opinion letter and it's of my opinion Mm. um and so i want to make sure i do my research draft the opinion letter and then that's when we schedule a call between that person and myself and then that's when we talk um yeah so um She's, if she's been there, you know, in the process, because like I said, we had a double of abundance in April. And right now I'm in the process of moving everybody to the front so we can get all these trademarks on file as soon as possible. So that's why it's been um, crazy. And, you know, the question that she basically the question that she had, uh, let's just say, for example, um, her business name was Mike Doctor with no okay. uh, with Mike doctors let's just say with the s at the end and there okay. was a company who had their business name trademarked and it was Mike doctors mm-hmm. Wait, Mike doctor and hers is with the s theirs isn't with an s so mm-hmm. could she wanted to know basically could she get in trouble by trademarking Mike doctor with an s when someone already has Mike doctor without an mm-hmm. s yeah, so that's a great question. So in trademark law, it's not about what's the same, but what can be deemed confusingly similar. So because those are really close, and we that's what we do our discovery call, we'll check the name and things like that, and we'll tell them um, that, you know, that is a... Um, 
conflict, there's already existing challenge out there. The only exception to that is certain trademarks can coexist in the marketplace as long as they're not in the same traded channel. That's why we have Mac Makeup, Mac Computers, Delta Airline, Delta Faucet, Pandora Jewelry, Pandora Music, um, Dove Chocolate, Dove Soap, right? Mm-hmm. So say, for instance, if my doctors with, with the S was doing um, medical work, medical procedure work, that might be okay opposed to a my doctor who does plumbing work. You you get what I'm saying? So, right. So, but if they're both in the same industry, you don't, so the, the basis of trademark law is to prevent a likelihood of confusion. And you don't want to cause a likelihood of confusion among consumers. So if both are doing my doctors and one is a medical doctor and the other one is um, maybe, let's say, a a pain management clinic, that's still within the same industry and it's still too close. So therefore, um, we will advise her to change her name. Got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And that's a good thing to do to at least come to you after you figure out your business name. As we spoke about in our previous podcast, how to find that great business name for your business. After doing that, they can contact you to make sure that they get it trademarked, that they're um, and what's what are the things that you, you provide? You provide make sure that their name is trademarked. Is there anything else after that there? So, also, too, what we provide is watch services. So, we're um, newly launching, um, it's called the Bizpreneurs Exclusive Trademark Ownership Club. And it's for trademark owners where they can join our monthly membership club. And we offer it for $97 a a month. And we're going to watch their trademark for them. Because in the trademark process, um, so when you file your application, it takes the government at least three to four months just to review it. Once they review it, they can either approve it or issue an office action. Mm-hmm. Now, if they approve it, it's going to go to what's called publication for opposition. Publication for opposition means, okay, the government has approved this trademark, but now I'm going to put it to the public to see if anyone in the public wants to oppose it before it moves forward to registration, because maybe the government missed something, or maybe the government may not know something about somebody else's rights. Yeah. So you have 30 days to oppose it once it is published to the public and um it's always public but they call it publication for opposition um and so what we'll do for our trademark owners is we're going to watch it in case there's somebody else who's coming behind them that's filing something that's confusingly similar or somehow relatable to their trademark and maybe the government overlooked it so now they will have the opportunity to oppose if they need to so we offer those services as well and then another thing a lot of people don't know but a trademark will last as long as you use it you will not lose it okay but so coca-cola was registered in like late 1800s mercedes was registered in 19 early 1900s so a trademark can outlast you and Mm. continue on and continue to move on i always call it a generational builder because you can create generational legacy with them 
But what um, you do have to do in order to keep your U.S. Um, registration active is you have to file maintenance documents. And those documents are not due until between your fifth and sixth year anniversary of your registration date and then nine and ten year anniversary and then every ten years thereafter. So we will um, keep you on our docket, make sure that um, we are alerting you once those dates come up. So that is something else that we do. We offer that service because we don't want your registration to be canceled because if you don't file those documents within the period of time allowed um, by the deadlines, then those um, your trademark registration will be canceled. And someone can be sitting around waiting for that cancellation mm-hmm. to take place and step up and file their application. Now, you can oppose their application, yeah. but that's a lot of money and a whole nother process. Like a whole nother headache. Wow, that's yes. some great information that I do not know about. <laughs> so, uh, that is super important important to know so you guys listening to this after finding your business name make sure to trademark your name get it secure secure your brand and then after it's secure then start focusing on your logo design the last thing you want to do is hit up brandify and have us do all of that your website your logo everything your business cards and then it's like oops guess what i can't use the name and i already invested so much money into all my designs so this is a very 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 important step to take Yes, it really is. It it really is. Like, it goes back to building a house on land you don't own. It's the same exact thing. You don't want to build a brand without making sure that brand is protected. I have had a few people come to me after spending a lot of money, um, even on LLCs and, you know, um, domain names, spending money on domain names, right? And you can't even use it because it infringes on somebody else's trademark. Um, And a lot of people think, oh, I got my LLC, I got the domain name, I'm good. Well, trademark law um, is actually vested. well, you, it's vested through usage, but that's a limited right that you can claim through usage. So you want that expansive right. You want that um, right that covers you across the nation, which is through trademark registration yeah. with the U.S. government. Yes. Yeah. And I hear that so many times, especially when it's time for us to start designing their logo. Um, I hear, well, I have the domain name, so I'm good, right? Mm-mm. Or another thing too. Let's go back before the domain name. They get a logo, but the domain name is taken. Social media is all taken. Everything's taken. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think you should think about the name, <laughs> you know, right? Before even actually investing into the design aspect of it. Um, so that's something that's extremely, extremely important when it comes to your name. I know this is on a different podcast, but make sure that it's unique. Make sure that it stands out. It's something that people can remember. Um, you don't just get anything plain Jane. Have it, have it stand for your brand. Um, yeah. You know, so just really keep those things in mind. And because yeah. we're mentioning all these things that people have to invest to start uh-huh. a business, we're actually talking about this um, before our phone call. How it's okay, like, I know you guys are listening to this podcast because, of course, you want to learn how to start a business. But I feel like right now, um, being a business owner is almost like a trend. It's a great thing to do, but a lot of people, some people know about 
the hard work and how much it's going to take the money that's invested. But then there's some who feel like it's a trend, right? And um, I had someone who says, I have a business. I'm not getting any sales. I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing? How is your marketing? What's your marketing plan? What's your marketing strategy? I don't have one. I don't want to invest money. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, <laughs> we got to start from the beginning right here. So what's your point on that there? So I would say um, you you just want to make sure like this is for you. Mm-hmm. And one thing is first you have to be clear about your services or your products that you offer. Right. And then you got to be willing to sh- be willing to show up and deliver on that. If someone is paying you to deliver this product or service, please show up in return to provide that for them. And um, I, you know, <laughs> I used to say I'm not a morning person until mm-hmm. I became an entrepreneur. And now I wake up in the morning every single morning without an alarm clock. Yeah. It's because it's, it's a driving force for me because it's something that People, I, I have a really bad pet peeve with people who take your money and do not deliver. Mm, and so yes. I'm all about delivering what, and, and here's another thing, because I had a situation where I paid somebody and they didn't deliver for me, but then I see on Instagram, they take in new clients. Well, if you mm-hmm. service the clients you actually have, you might not have to per- post about searching for new clients, just take care of the ones you have. Because what I learned in my business is once you take care of the clients you have, they're going to go tell not five people about you, not 10 people. They're going to tell everybody they can think of about you because they were so pleased with the service. And that's another thing um, as entrepreneurs, we have to get into. Um, I have a meeting with my team at least once a week if we can. And I'm always screwing to them. We have to deliver this Chick-fil-A service. Even though we're a law firm, we got to give them Chick-fil-A service because a lot of people lack customer service within that their business. That is so true. I say the same. Yes. <laughs> and I have a customer service background, and I thank God for that yeah. because I worked with some lawyers that never had a job before becoming a lawyer, mm. right? And they don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to interact with people. You know, they're socially awkward. Um, and they just don't, you know, and even though, like, our clients are our customers, like, they're, you know, so I'm always trying to deliver great customer service. I'm really big on that. Like, right now, we have, like, so many clients. My schedule is booked out all the way this month of May. But what's going to happen is, because I need to offer them the best service I can, I need to open up my calendar so I can move these people that's booked all the way out to the end of the month to the front of the month. You know, mm-hmm. that, like you have to make those type of, except we're hiring for somebody new right now, yes. but in the meantime, that's not my client's issue that I don't, you know, have someone who can, mm-hmm. you know, take yes. care of this. So I need to step it up. And if that requires me working more time, overtime, double time, then that's what I have to do to be able to deliver in my business and that's the attitude we have to have as entrepreneurs because it may look cute it may look sexy if you look at my instagram page it all looks cute it all looks sexy i'm not going to show you the bad because that ain't nobody business what the bad is. but there's some, you know there's some things that comes with entrepreneurship that ain't pretty it ain't cute no. but You have to deal with those things, too. If you want to be able to share all the glitz and glam and cute stuff, you got to be able to just show up, show up 
and deliver, and deliver. For, yes. for your clients and yes. customers. Yes. This is a question that a lot of people ask. What is the difference between trademark and copyright? Oh, that's a very good question. So a copyright is a creative expression fixed into a tangible medium. Okay, what does that mean? So a copyright can be a photograph. It can be a portrait. Um, you know, somebody actually sketched out an art painting or something. It can be a um, music. It can be a poem on a piece of paper. So like the poem in your head, that's like an idea. But once it's in a tangible medium, like you wrote it down on a piece of paper, or maybe somebody recorded you with a video citing a poem, then now that's the tangible medium. Um, and so a copyright, um, it bests within the author, unless the author transfer the rights to um, a company who's hiring them to um, create that work of art for them or the whatever the um, medium is. And then the trademark um, is a source identifier for consumers to relate back to where a product or service come from. So a copyright is usually for the creativity, the creative works, basically. A trademark is um, a source identifier, whether it's a name, slogan, logo, or sound. Not a lot of people know, but you can trademark a sound too. But it has to be relatable back to products and services within commerce mm, that well to me that that makes a lot of sense hopefully you guys get it too, <laughs> get it too. Um, if so not google uh -huh. it <laughs> right well so basically like the copyright is just to protect like creative works yes. right and, and a logo can also still be protected under copyright and under trademark because one it's a creative work and then two it's connected to a product or service within the marketplace so for instance i'll give you guys an example nike nike is the best example i can give you mm -hmm. um nike is a company which is formed in the state of oregon right so they're a corporation in the state of Oregon, but they also own the trademark to the word Nike. They also own the swoosh symbol, and they also own the slogan we were just talking about earlier, mm -hmm. just do it, right? But then also, too, that swoosh symbol is considered a creative work, mm -hmm. so they own the copyright within that swoosh symbol as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it was designed by them. I'm sure they hired a graphic designer, but a graphic designer, had, of course... Um, and usually when that happens, if they pay, like if the graphic designer, like in-house graphic designer, then they automatically own that, right? And, unless you're hiring like a freelancer, of course. So, so what happens is, and so when you are hiring a graphic designer or someone that works with you in your employment agreement, they're probably on a work for hire. So everything that, because the, the creation, the copyrights is birthed with the creations from the creator, right? So if you're the graphic designer, you're the creator creating this creative work. So technically you automatically own the copyrights to it. Now, if someone wants to retain the copyrights to it, they will have to, um, the creator will have to sign off on those rights and transfer them to whoever they created it for in the work for hire agreement. So Disney, with all those animators that they have that's creating all those animations, they're all on work for hire agreements because Disney is not going to allow all these people to create all these works and not be able to own them when they have to yeah. put all the money behind it to be able to promote it. And I tell business owners that too, like, you know, you created, if you're getting a graphic designer to create these works, for you you want to own them yeah. and most graphic designers would just say hey i have no problem transferring you mm -hmm. rights to get a little bit more money 
yeah. And you know what? Like for me, for example, because I make so many logos in my contract, it already states that in my contract. Yeah, and that's good. And that's really good, and that's really honorable of you, because a lot of graphic designers, either they don't know, or they know, but they don't disclose that information to their clients, and they don't give them those rights. Mm -hmm. Right now, um, recently, Nike just had a lawsuit that they were going through because of the Jordan Jumpman symbol. And this guy, he took a picture of um, Jordan when he jumped in the air with that Jumpman pose, Mm -hmm. and... um, they paid him a license of like fifteen thousand, but then they they did a logo from the picture, which is I I would argue slightly different. Um, and the court said that it wasn't substantially similar to the photograph, and that's why that he lost. He brought a lawsuit against Nike just recently in like 2015, 2014. But what that says is for entrepreneurs, you don't want to be using your logo and promoting your logo with your business and growing your business. And then possible somebody can come back and say, hey, you have to pay me royalties on that copyright. Mm -hmm. So that's why that's very honorable of you to just say, hey, I'm creating this for you. This is what, you know, you get the rights to come with it in your agreement because not a lot of people get that from other graphic designers and they don't even have that conversation with graphic designers because the graphic designer doesn't bring it up and they just don't know. Yeah. And another thing too, to be mindful of, like you were just stating with that picture of um, a lot of graphic designers, not all, but like I would say some who are still learning, Uh they would use, like they would purchase, um, let's say an image on Google or uh-huh. some type of image and then start using that within their logo, not knowing that a lot of people are using that same image and they think yeah. that it's custom to them, but it's truly not. So you yeah. guys have to be extremely careful about who you hire to design your logo. And if you want a slow, um, a symbol that stands for your business, make sure that that graphic designer is actually sketching it and yeah. creating it custom and not just yeah. copying off of Google or Pinterest or something like that. Yes, absolutely. I'm actually, we're actually going through this issue with one of my clients now. Her um, graphic designer actually did custom make her logo for her. And when we searched that image, it's like eight other hair companies using the same logo. They're not even possibly knowing. They think they hired a graphic designer to draft this logo. When now it's listed on some site and we're working to get it taken down off of this site. But how, like, how, you know, unethical is that if a client is hiring you to create a new logo for them and then you just go to a website and get this logo and say, here, I created this for you. Yeah, yeah, so that's why you want to get with graphic designers like Nicole. Yeah, because <laughs> so, sure. they're so, I'm yeah. telling you, they're so, I would say about 80%, 70, 80% of graphic designers are doing that. Yeah, and that's terrible. It is. And that's why you have to convey. That's why I said you have to know your worth and charge your worth. You can convey that in your marketing and say, this is why it costs me X, so please don't compare me to you know, oh, yes. who's charging $100 over here? Because they're not doing what I do over here. Like you said, I take 10 hours to draw a logo yes. almost. So, yes. Yeah. Like in total, working with the client, it could take about 10 hours sometimes yeah. by the time their logo is completed. And that's yeah. why we're just charging for our time. Charging for yeah. the time. And so, and it, honestly, it shouldn't take 10 hours. I'm so picky 
<laughs> it takes me that long because I'll literally look at a dot for about 30 mm-hmm. minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but you kind of want that type of graphic designer on your team that's going to spend that amount of time with that design before they allow, because you're using this to grow and scale your business, right? Like, look at the swoosh symbol. How long has Nike used that? Look at the golden arches with McDonald's. How long have they used that? You know, so that is important. And that's good that you offer that. Even you say it shouldn't take that long, but I would be like, you know what? I need that type of person, you know, when they're going to spend that much time because in our businesses, we have another brand we call Secure Your Legacy. And as entrepreneurs, we're building legacies here. Yeah. So if you need 10 hours, take the 10 hours. Yes. If you need 20, <laughs> take that 20. Because I need this to be able to carry you on, not just for me, but for my kids and my kids' kids. And, you yeah. know, and that's how we should think about when we're approaching to build for our business. That's how the mentality we should have. Yes. We're, we're building a legacy here. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just like a little, just in case there are some graphic designers listening to this, when you're talking about the time, too. What you'll like to do, like my hourly pay is only one fifty an hour. So what I do is, you know, out of all the time that I'm using, I only um, I have three rounds of revisions and then I charge for the logo. But make sure that if you're charging for the logo, know how much time you spend into it and then really charge you, like you said, the, the amount that you deserve and then put a limit. Some graphic designers say unlimited revisions. By the time you're done, it's going to be about 30, 40 hours that you've been spending for like two, 300 bucks, you know? Um, right. So for other graphic designers listening to this, just really be mindful about your time. And that only that helps the client too, because then it gives them some time to really think about it and say, what do I want from my logo? What logo will really define my brand? What message am I trying to bring out there to the world with my logo? And it'll have them think about it, except for saying, I don't know, you figure it out. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. So, um, it just, it just graphic designers listening to this, just know it's a teamwork. Be mindful of your time, and but also be sure that you're there to help the client. And it's just like a marriage. You're guiding them while they're being the leader. That is mainly it. I do have one more question for you before okay. we leave. So I think you've already answered this, but I'm going to ask you again. How has God helped you in your life and also through your business as well when it comes to your journey? Um, (laughs) he's just been present, you know, um, I feel his presence all around me, all over me in my business. Like I say, um, I can hear him more clearly now than ever. Um, and he speaks to me and just being able to, I believe God rewards faith and I have all the faith in him and he's been rewarding that. Um, he's, you know, He's so amazing, so awesome. And um, I, you know, I, I just say, but God, you know, people used to ask me, how did you go to law school, work, three kids, pass the bar on the first time? And I used to say, I don't know, please don't ask me that, you know, <laughs> when I was in it, when I was doing it, because I was like, if I have to stop and think about it, might have a nervous breakdown, but mm. now I can say, but God, yes. nothing but God, nothing but God, <laughs> you know, and so... I just, you know, I am humbly 
grateful to have him be a part of my life, my family life, my business. Um, he's there. And, you know, I had one little plan and I love that um, graphic that, you know, you have my plan and it's so small and so little. And then you have over there God's plan and it's huge, yes. you know, for you. And so I always tell people, this is not me. This was not my plan, but this is God's plan. And I'm just working in it. Where can people find you? What is your website and your social media handles? Sure. So please follow me on Instagram. Um, Instagram is more like my platform, kind of. Um, I'm not tech savvy. Um, Facebook kind of drives me nuts. But I'm on there as Rosina, the biz lawyer, Pierce uh, Williams on Facebook. On Instagram, I am the biz lawyer. That's T-H-E-B-I-Z lawyer. So the biz lawyer, and then you can visit my website, which is currently being updated. I hope very soon, um, which is www.rj as in Jack, P as in Paul, which is Pierce for Pierce, like Paul Pierce. So rjpiercelaw.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sis Start Your Business. Stay in touch and communicate with other listeners by joining my Facebook group called Sis Start Your Business. If you are on social media, follow my podcast, Sis Start Your Business, on Instagram at Sis Start Your Business. You can also follow me on Instagram by searching Mrs. Nicole Martinez. That's M R S dot N I C O L E M A R T I N E Z. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and other business owners.